Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. This week's episode is the last in our series from Boston Marathon Weekend. Um, we had our friend Jordan Mann in the track house to cover a wide range of topics for everything from making it as a postgrad to debating the concept of monogamy. Jordan is a graduate of both Providence College and Brown University who co-founded and competes for Ocean State Athletics Club, also based in Providence. He's run 358 and 1347 in the 5K, and he's qualified for USA's in the steeplechase. Last fall, we were both part of the Ivy League select team that competed in a road relay race in Izumo, Japan, and we talked a lot about that experience on the podcast. Jordan is a character and a great friend of mine, along with co-host Danielle Klein, who herself is a Northeastern graduate and former teammate on the Heartbreakers with me, who now lives and runs in Charlotte, North Carolina. One note of caution, we do use some fairly graphic language towards the end of the episode when we talk about relationships. We don't necessarily get graphic in terms of content, but... We do use some words that you might want to uh, listen to with headphones in if you're in mixed company, just to be safe. Hope you enjoy, and thanks for hanging in there throughout our series of Boston podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for new episodes and behind-the-scenes content. And in the meantime, I've been David Melly, and this is Run Your Mouth. Welcome to Run Your Mouth, Long Run Talk for Long Talking Runners. I'm your host, David Mellon, uh, and we're here uh, in a, a little bit of an auxiliary location this week. Uh, it's Marathon Weekend, so the place, the city, the track house, everything is bumping, and we uh, are bringing in as many friends as we can to, to talk Long Run Talk. Um, I'm here with my host, my co-host, Danielle Klein. How you doing, Danielle? Hey. Danielle is a... Uh, former Bostonian who is now down in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you're right in the Charlotte area. Charlotte. Yeah, it's so about thirty minutes north of Charlotte. How do you like it so far? I love it, but how much know. worse is it than Boston? <laughs> <laughs> Boston. I uh, best brings a whole lot nicer down there. <laughs> besides the weather, um, you know, nothing beats the running community of Boston and just everywhere you where you can run and the friends that come with it, so. Hell yeah. I will say, I can smell my socks right now. I just took <laughs> off my shoes. I apologize to everyone in the room. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, okay, our guest this week is a graduate of Brown University and Providence College. He's a esteemed uh, distance runner, steeplechaser, middle distance runner. This um, is so he's, he's here in town. And then especially friend for the episode. Yeah, he's Steeple Squad, man. Jordan Mann, welcome to the podcast. How you doing, guys? We've been trying to make this awesome. happen for a while. We said, I think back in like February, we were yeah. trying to plot this. And then Providence to Boston doesn't seem that far until you realize that like making that trip. That is, one hour train ride. Oh, yeah. I'm not even going to lie. I was up here like two weeks ago for an anime convention. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like way too busy. <laughs> I was in Philly. Priorities. Oh, yeah. There you go. It wouldn't have worked anyway. We, so, tell me about this anime convention. So that is completely foreign to me. Well, I suppose you already know about uh, me and my love for Japanese cartoons. As, our, uh, our listeners don't. So <laughs> during our time in Japan, <laughs> during our time in Japan, uh, you know, David and I ran the uh, Eke, the Izumo Ekiden together. And that was just like one of the best weeks of my life because obviously there was like a level of everyone being excited and everyone just like enjoying being in a different country. Me and his college teammate Brian Armstead being the only ones who are trying to flirt with all the girls and guys respectively. <laughs> Depending on. <laughs> um, but for me, I'm someone who's already really into anime, Japanese comics, like. At some level, Japanese culture, though a lot more Japanese culture after I actually went to Japan. Preview is just kind of like the comics, cartoons. Like, I have a giant manga collection back at my house where I grew up in Springfield, Illinois. Um, yeah, so we were in Japan, and like, you know, me and I was bonding with this one guy who had like a bunch of magical girl shirts. <laughs> he and I still talk like at least weekly. Um, and 
just like getting to be a part of that culture like had me really into it so like coming back to to boston like i had been to one anime convention before and hadn't like fully cosplayed so this time i was like all right i'm going all out like what did you what did you cosplay as so I dressed up as Usopp, who's from One Piece, which is my favorite manga. It's the greatest fantasy story that will ever be created. You can like write that down right now. You should all go check it out. It's absolutely astounding. Over 902 chapters, I think, the second one just came out, uh, came out a couple days ago. But uh, he, I basically claim him as the black Jewish character in anime, as someone who's black and Jewish. I, because he's got, a, he's got like curly there, hair. I was going to say, are, are there many black Jewish characters <laughs> in anime? <laughs> well, again, I claim him, right? Uh, he has curly hair and like a really long nose. So I'm like black and Jewish. And his dad has dreadlocks. So I'm like, I can kick it with him. Uh, and then I cosplayed another day as Envy, who is this androgynous... Uh, this androgynous character who wears like kind of like a skirt type thing and like a spandex crop top uh, and a headband but who has like this long flowing hair that really the, the look kind of worked with the dreadlocks not to mention like you know I'm a runner like I got abs Envy also has abs so you know I was able to rock that show it off a little bit yeah so say, like you gotta pick a cosplay costume that uh, shows off a lot of skin is, is what I'm hearing <laughs> <laughs> here and there you know regardless of gender you know it's like you gotta go sexy on the cosplay exactly like I said it was an androgynous character I'm not gonna lie I had some like problematic apprehensions about like getting all dressed up and like spandex crop top like literally all the clothes I was wearing were women's clothes but <laughs> I got mad props on it I was told that uh, that was one of the best envy cosplays someone had ever had said uh, yeah. seen uh, same with the uh, Usopp one so hey if like you have self-confidence, you can just rock it. I, I, I think the crop top is a very underrated uh, mm. look. Uh, David um, loves the crop top. I love crop top Tuesday. Crop we top started. Tuesday. You rock crop tops? On, for workouts on Tuesdays. Oh, yeah. Crop tops. <laughs> Big thing. I need to come we, over to one of those. Are they spandex turtleneck crop tops, though? No. It's more of like a cut-off t-shirt list. situation. Mm. Like, uh, what's his name? Um, I'm like, oh, Kid Cudi. Kid Cudi rocks like the cutoff t-shirt and some of the comedy performs and that's like the, that's the look I'm going for. But you just gotta make sure your abs are looking fly, right? Like that's the Oh, you gotta do pre-workout core. Hundred percent. The workout content. You push-ups and a few, a few uh, planks before the workout and you got We're, you know, doing push-ups before you take the picture afterwards. So true. Real talk, real talk, I was definitely thinking about it. I was like, I need to like not eat too much for dinner before this. I need to make sure like... You know, abs is like one of those things that, you know, pretty much any runner will tell you, like, I can get out the door for like a 16 mile run in like 30 seconds. You know, like, I feel good, I'm excited to do that. Like, 10 minutes of core is just like absolute hell. Just like deciding, making the choice it to do that. It lasts forever. 10 minutes of core, Jesus, eight, like, yeah, eight I minutes of core is not my max, yeah. But getting that motivation from, uh, getting that motivation from, uh, from knowing that I was going to be walking around with spandex crop top, like, I was like, I know I gotta look good. Pure, I gotta look fly. Peer pressure core is like the key. It's like you get someone else to make you do core and then, although I always find like mornings, like first thing in the morning, you haven't eaten anything and you're dehydrated. You're like, oh, my body looks so yes. right like, I got some abs today. You get like the right lighting in your bathroom. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you take a dump too. And you take like the right lighting in your bathroom, uh, the bathroom <laughs> light. Oh yeah. Just wash out the system. Like lean backwards a little bit. <laughs> oh man, it looks good. That's when our next photo shoot will just be uh, first golden hour. When they say golden hour, they mean right. maximum abs, not yeah. the lighting. I would agree. <laughs> I want to tell That's one quick like, anecdote about being at the anime convention, though. Yes. So my friend Jimmy, who came from uh, St. Louis, is also a runner. He ran for the Wash U team. And so I guess, like, you know, I've met some of the Wash U guys. And, like, my friend Jimmy, like, I'm at a level where I'm really into anime. But, like, my friend Jimmy's like, he's, like, he's, like, a couple levels beyond me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, dude really loves it. Um, and so he was telling some of his friends back in St. Louis, some of his teammates, like he was going to an anime convention mm-hmm. and I guess they used to like always rip him for how into anime he is and whatever. And they're like, Oh, and I guess some of them like follow the post collegiate running scene, whatever. Like, Oh, who are you going? He's like, Oh yeah. Jordan man. Like what? How can this respectable runner be into anime like that? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's always the key is if you're into something enough, it's like nerdy, 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 nerdy. And then like you cross a threshold and then it becomes cool. Like running is like that. It's like yeah. being a running nerd is like like embarrassing until like you're fast or until you're like super prolific. Like and then people are like, oh, like he's it's a running expert. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it's like uh, you know, it's like when you talk about cosplay and stuff. Like thousands of 
like giant of like white men like dress up who are giant bros getting cosplay 16 Sundays out of the year as like Tom Brady yeah. which is actually like pretty creepy <laughs> like you're like dressing up as an actual person instead of a fictional character yeah. Yeah. and you're gonna come hate on someone for something else you know what I'm saying like whether it's running cosplay like football dressing up like Tom Brady you know you like what you like and it's like it takes commitment like it does I mean, yeah. you see those like elaborate ass costumes and you're like you know whether it's your cup of tea or not, like that took a lot of work to put together. You for know, real, that's impressive real. on its own. I do have to say, living in Boston for almost eight years, I every year I have seen the people during the anime time walking down <laughs> Boston on Newberry Street in their costumes and going into uh, what is it called, Heinz Convention Center. Yep. And you just sit there on the street and wonder, what does that entail? And what <laughs> happens when you walk into Hans Convention Center? Because is it a whole other world? <laughs> it, it is interesting, and I've always wondered, but now, now I know. It almost is another world. <laughs> Honestly, like, just being here the other day, like, you know, we dropped Julian off the Sheraton for the BAA Mile. Yep. And I was like, this is weird, like... Not everyone in here is dressed up like an anime character. Like yeah, everyone here is like everyone's wearing running clothes. clothes. Like, <laughs> weird. This is yeah. so casual. But it really is the kind of thing where like you go in and it is this like total other world. Like I'm hanging out with a friend who I met at the convention later today at like five, and I'm like, I have never seen her in anything besides like a cosplay. <laughs> like I have no idea what her style is, what she looks like. She doesn't know for me, and that's kind of like a weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say one of the things that's impressive is you're definitely leading the charge on learning the language when you're in Japan. Yeah, like I was, I definitely was half-assing it, like thinking about it more. It's like <laughs> I'm, I'm here for nine days, like. I don't need to, like, you know, pretty much everyone speaks English here. Like, I can just power through. Did they, though? <laughs> you were, like... Cursorily. Yeah. They spoke English. Sorry, continue, though. But, no, you, like, committed to it. And we're, like, yeah. by the end, like, you were our translator, basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, in a... Uh, it, translator would be a bit of an exaggeration, I think. But, yeah, a little bit of middle ground. And it helped as well as having, like, the culture background. Because that just gave us a little bit more to talk about me with those, uh, with those guys. Yeah. They would just be like, that was always like Jordan Cabana or anime, and then like any other conversation <laughs> was just like, so what event do you run? So how's the culture here? Do you have a girlfriend? That was always their <laughs> They always <laughs> ask that. How did you get such nice abs? <laughs> yeah. No, this is the kids, the guys on the team, on the university team in, yeah. in Tokyo. Uh, they would like literally. Like they're they always have like, a girlfriend. Like, do you have any brothers and sisters? <laughs> and then like immediately forgot to like do you have a girlfriend and like you like wouldn't say or whatever and like you'd be like oh. <laughs> like, when, when it was like with Brian we were trying to figure out because yeah. so again Brian I'm said his college teammate and I were like the two people on the trip who were very committed to flirting like we were definitely trying to get it on that trip yeah and. <laughs> And it, it was the sort of thing where, like, because he's gay, we really had a lot of trouble, like, figuring out, like, if these kind of, some of the kind of effeminate guys were flirting. It's definitely a more conservative culture, right. just, like, in general. And I think that Brian has many things, but conservative is not what we're used to this right. <laughs> And, and uh, it was an interesting uh, meeting of the worlds, for sure. Right. It would have just yeah. been, like, we were just, like, we were a little bit, like, are we actually able to just be, like... Do you like boys? <laughs> is that something we can just like ask here? Is maybe you could ask it well, in America? I remember we were at like a dinner one time and they actually had it was like supposed to be like to exchange like talk about like training and like our experiences and stuff. So they had actual like a lot of times it was just like people would kind of speak English and you would power through. Excuse and like kind me. of oh. speak English is like yeah that's like a nice way of putting it. But <laughs> nice is not the right. Everyone there yeah. spoke more English than we spoke Japanese. Yes, fact. <laughs> I mean, we spoke like no Japanese. Yeah. But, like, then they had actual translators at the dinner one of the nights, and I was, like, talking to the guys, and, of course, that conversation came up, and they were like, like, do you have a girlfriend? And I was like, no. <laughs> I have a girlfriend. They're like, are there any girls you think are cute? And I'm like, uh, and I can see the, the translator who was like, and these are all, like, 19-year-old kids who, like, I think have, for the most part, led, like, they're 19-year-old kids, and they're, like, extreme serious. We can talk a little bit later about, like, sort of, like, the running sure. culture over there. But, like, they were definitely sheltered. And I, like, I'm making eye contact with the translator who's, like, she's probably 30. She's a little more, like, <laughs> you know, a little more worldly. And she's, oh like, picking up on what I'm doing. <laughs> no <laughs> way. <laughs> Not understanding at all. And I'm, like, no, I just really care about running. 
Running is my girlfriend right now. That's awesome. But yeah, no, they were those kids. So like, do you, if you want to talk to us a little about like, explain Japanese running to people who haven't experienced, because it was for I, I think for both of us like a total eye-opening experience to like yeah the same sport done totally differently. Yeah, so like our host Takashi was literally like talking about how it's their football, like the Hakone Ekiden, which is a it's a two-day race, a two-day. So basically, a lot of the, sorry, an Ekiden is a road relay where basically everyone wears these sashes and like is essentially is their batons and passes them off and the next person in the relay wears the next sash. I'm about to burp from this beer. Excuse me. And then he had abs. And then he had abs. But they don't, they don't, like, don't care about track, really. Like, track, no. the kind of the way that like mid-distance guys feel about cross-country is like, they kind of just like get they through track to, to, get to, this, right. to get to the road race. Basically. Which is like the real deal for yeah. Them. yeah. The Ekadens are huge. So the Hakone Ekaden, which is, it's a two-day relay road race. Um, each day it's 100 kilometers. So like, what's that? Like 60 miles? Uh, 10 legs, so like averaging like, I don't know, however many miles that is per leg, like 12 miles or something, basically a half marathon. And the thing draws 30% ratings in Japan. Like, literally 20 million 30 people of their population is watching it. Like if you look at if you look at the uh, if you if you watch the broadcast, you have like the entire streets are lined with people over a hundred kilometers. It's maddening. Like it's it's awesome, but it's maddening. Like you know. So as I said, I talked with my friend Yuda, who's like the guy who gave me the magical girl shirts, you know. <laughs> and and he and he and he showed me like pictures of like their victory parade, and it looked like the freaking it looked like freaking like Boston when they just won the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's, well, it's appropriate that we're doing this on Boston Marathon weekend because it's like it's like Boston Marathon weekend if like Boston was the whole country and it happened three times a year. Yeah. Like, right. it's crazy. And they have pro ekadens that we don't really know much about. Yeah. They love the marathon culture and love all, you know, they love like all of their long, long distance running guys. And so it, it's just like an amazing culture to be part of. Like, I don't know if you you had this, but like, so you know, retweeted the picture of me and him like wearing the magic girl shirt, etc. Uh -huh. And I get tagged in it on the picture on Twitter, and I'm like, and I'm getting all the Twitter notifications. Like, what am I getting? Through? It's like three thousand likes. What? <laughs> I was like, what? Like, I ran into it was Fall crazy. <laughs> I ran into uh, the guys from Tokai on. Uh, yeah. I ran into the guys from Tokai at uh, BU when I ran the mile, and they because a few of them were in that mile race also. I was I, I had good enough Japanese by then to be like, how do you how fast do you want to run after trying like ten times? So that was like helpful. Um, but, but like I got in a photo of them, we took a photo and I'm getting Instagram notifications like a photo you are in has been liked like 3,000 times. I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> like these dudes are actually famous. And they, and they like, Jordan was a little bit of a local celebrity himself because like specific, <laughs> they, Japan is not ethnically diverse at all. No. And so the number like, you know, horribly inappropriate in like the US, but like the number of people who like like ask to touch your hair or like ask They to did all ask though, let me yeah. tell you that. <laughs> and Better than the US sometimes. <laughs> they would like take stop literally just like random people would like stop him on the street and like take pictures of him. Like yep. it was it was very funny. Um, but it was it was definitely and they just like the their the level of discipline that their like university teams have, like they yeah. make all of us look like well, we're all slackers together. <laughs> like, the most, like, they, like, are, their entire team is in, like, yeah. in bed asleep at, like, nine every night. Right. Like, they... They're up for 5.30 in the morning practice, like, they're running, running to a little up, park. Up to three times a day. Yeah. Like, everything is just, like, so... It's, like, you know, you talk about, like, in college, like, even at the biggest sports schools here, like, running is your whole life. You don't realize how much more like that could be a focus until you see the way that these kids like live because yeah. it's like it's like a monastery almost like just like yeah. full it's just such a routine yeah it's crazy it's just they like, do what they know 
it's yeah. like the, the main guy Brian was trying to flirt with. We like thought, you know, we like thought we were getting somewhere one night, and it's like, oh, I gotta be back for curfew at like eight thirty. <laughs> what? <laughs> also, just like he casually, he casually was like a like nineteen year old like twenty eight minute ten k runner. <laughs> just like to be fair, like I was twenty two, but. <laughs> Brian is not like going after nineteen-year-olds. Yeah, but fair. No, we should. We, we since we should talk to him enough. He'll never hear this. So <laughs> um, but no, we like, and it was. It's crazy, and they're also like, uh, not for nothing, but like, I'm. I would say I'm like, I'm a distance runner. Like I'm a pretty skinny dude comparatively, yeah. especially in the U.S. Not a single thing that gave us fits me. Like their their larges for their yep. singlets are like skin tight. Oh, their larges are very small. Yeah. That crop top. Yeah. Just, all, <laughs> that would make a great crop top. Yeah. Make you feel enormous. Like just stand <laughs> yeah, next to them on the true, starting yeah. line. Like, the larges are all incredibly tight. Like I got large shirts and it barely fits me. Yeah, it is. It's ridiculous. So yeah. what? Are, what lessons are you bringing over to uh, this new ocean state endeavor? Yeah, so I thought that. <laughs> you talk about a from Japan, or uh, <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I mean, you know, it's um. Well, talk to us a little about about how Ocean State started. Yeah, so it started a couple years ago. Um, for those who don't know, I run for the Ocean State Athletic Club, which is a club that me and a couple teammates formed. Um, so two years ago, basically, I knew I was going to be wanting to run post collegiate after I was graduating from PC and or. I was finishing my eligibility at PC in my fifth year, and I knew I wanted to continue running post-collegiate, and that Ray would be happy to continue coaching me. Um, and so my teammate Shane Quinn and I just decided, let's try and like actually form our own club instead of like joining one of these random little clubs around. Like, or like we didn't want to, you know, we, because we were still in grad school and had stuff going on, we didn't have time to join New England Distance, uh, which is a really cool club in the area, but they also have more requirements as far as like coaching middle schoolers, et cetera, et cetera. Plus, it would have felt a little bit weird because we would have been coached by someone other than the, than the coach that they have because we wanted to continue being coached by Ray. So we decided, screw it, let's go do the thing. And we started it, and we created our own club, like got it all taken care of, like got the 501C status so we can like actually receive team prize money. Uh, reached out to a couple reps through new, reached out to like a pe- couple people we knew through New Balance who are PC grads. Um, so like we're not all on a contract or anything, but we're all, um, but we're all, you know, we get like gear to give to our guys, yeah. And so, you know, the goal is definitely to make it a club where people have the opportunity to pursue track at the highest level. Um, obviously, like if we can, if like you know, guys like Julian who just runs seven forty four and three fifty five, like can get contracts, you know, was ninth in the world in the three k indoors, thanks to some. Uh, Friendly officiating, <laughs> but uh, you know if we can not in the results, <laughs> exactly not in the results. You know if we can do what we can to get some guys um, contracts like that, that would be awesome. Uh, but definitely right now it's about like just com- continuing to give guys the opportunity to run fast, give them a support system to run fast. Hopefully get some travel money to give them a little bit of opportunities to go places where you can run fast. Um, and beyond that, like I guess it's. <laughs> It's funny, uh, a girl on a date once asked me what our team identity was, was, you know, she ran for like some other club and she was like, what's your team identity? Like, cause I guess some club she'd run for before, they were like, yeah, we're like proud of working part time. The club she was part of then was like, yeah, we're proud of like going all in. And you know what? Like our club identity, it's like, we show up to the track. <laughs> That's it. We do the work. Exactly. Like I work part time. Sometimes we run together. Sometimes we don't. I work part time. Hugh's still in school. Julian's finishing school and hopefully gonna get a contract or you know anything like that I guess maybe I shouldn't be talking all about office business on that but you know what I'm saying like I, obviously you want your teammate to get a contract right? Yeah. right you know so the bottom line is we all just show up at the track we're all taking care of our other things in our own lives we all have our own personal lives none of them are going to anime conventions on the weekend uh, but you show up you do the workout and you get ready to race and that's kind of what we do what's your favorite part of province you've been there for so long yeah, so obviously, uh, this is now like my seventh year in Providence, which is unreal to say, because like that's longer than I even lived back in St. Louis. <laughs> but the last three have been especially rewarding just because I've built more of an actual community in the city, um, less so than, less so than, you know, it's not like college, right, where everything's kind of transient, like now I have actual Providence-based communities. And more than anything, I think that's just my favorite part, is the different people I've met, the communities I've built, like, 
whether it's the guys I run with, whether it's, you know, my part-time work, whether it's, like, me and some friends created this group called Black Nerd Book Club, where we just, like, <laughs> hang out, and, like, it's a bunch of black dudes talking about anime, manga, and comics, right? I, like, it's super fun, um, you know, going to see Pacific Rim and stuff. Um, so I wouldn't say it's, like, more a location or anything, as it is just, like, the communities I've built and, like, people that I'm around. Um, and definitely not this stupid New England spring weather. Like, what is this? Like, how <laughs> have we not had... The worst, we've had the worst spring in the world. Up and down. So how have we not had 70 degrees yet? It's it's April 14th. Yeah. You know, I yeah, always just we had such a mild <laughs> winter, but this is just fucking garbage. Like, it's insane. I will say that, no, I, I, I like it. You know, it's... One of the things we talk about a lot is kind of how being a post-collegiate runner who, who is not necessarily like a top-tier pro with like a big contract and can run full-time, like, you have to do so much for yourself. Like, it's hard to get into races, it's hard to find time to train, like, it's hard to justify spending all the money, you know, it's like I'm going to Portland for a race right now and like, we get, there we go. my club gives me some support, but it's like, that, you know, that flight, like, it's, it's, it's not yeah. cheap and it's coming out of my paycheck right. and it's it's awesome to see people who are, who are committed to like both you know their own you know self hype because that's what you got to do you got to hustle and you, you got to yeah. self promote but also I need to have Instagram before this <laughs> but also just to <laughs> commit to something that is going to make other people you know make a community make a new you know you created right. this team out of nothing and I think that's pretty dope just like to really, you know, have a positive impact on running, because, like, a lot of, it, it's very easy to just have everyone kind of, like, you know, with your blinders on, just in your own little world, so it's yeah, good to, that. to have that, you know, more people, more post-collegiate sub-elite clubs, please, <laughs> it feels absolutely. like everyone is moving to the Northeast, I don't know, more recently yeah, than yeah. before, and um, for running related reasons and I think that's just one of the things that stands out about Providence as well as Boston is just and like not the weather but you know, the weather. we have the running community and it's it just true, really yeah. helps with knowing that someone's going to be there at 5.30 in the morning to, to run with you well you were saying like not that I ever run that early <laughs> you know what some people gotta run before work and that's yeah. you know, how you and you were saying that's like one of the hardest yeah, yeah. things about Charlotte is that there's not really like running clubs there. Yeah. That they're so where I live, there there's actually a running club, believe it or not, that meets outside my apartment, which is awesome. <laughs> um, but I will I will say this to everyone, no matter where I live in the world, no matter if it's Charlotte or California or wherever, but there is no running community like Boston. I will yeah. tell you that right now. I mean, just and, and even just the Boston area that that goes all the way down to Providence, but um, you can't beat it. Yeah, we'll claim you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel yeah. that. I mean, like even just from afar, obviously, like looking at the um, looking at all the events that you know, whether it's Heartbreakers or Tracksmith or Greater Boston. Like I have friends in all these different groups, and every, every like all of it seems super awesome and really exciting. And they're just, all like, different. Are all but fired it's up. The same and, community. And that's exactly. that's been the nice thing. Like I feel like in a. In, a, in some ways, like, this whole podcast is kind of, like, although we've had people from all over, but, like, there's a big part of it that's, like, a, a love letter to the Boston running community of just, like, it's this awesome thing that, like, we all are just, like, you just, you run the same road race as someone enough times, you're yeah. going to become friends with them, like. And, and honestly, too, like, even for, like, a guy like me, right, who's kind of at that, like, elite, but, like, I'm not getting paid to do this thing <laughs> level, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's a really cool part of the community too like there's no better place to actually be and be involved in to to actually feel like you have like fans yeah <laughs> which is yeah. like this awesome thing because like I show up to pace the New Balance Indoor Grand Prix and like I hear people yelling like let's go Jordan yeah. <laughs> I don't know who the message people are you have no idea who they are I have no they idea. probably have followed you on social media for right. years mm-hmm. and that's like and that's really cool and I think that that's probably super unique to Boston and, and this area just because of like that entire community and everything you guys talk about you have guys who follow it you have guys who just happen to be like I love running and I love being part of this running community and I go to BU and I see this dude and that dude like running fast and, and that's awesome and special yeah. And everyone's, I mean, you know, not everyone, but like, like, no, really, people are really open. Like, it's never, you know, no one's, no one's an asshole about it. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, 
you need to crash on someone's couch for a race and you want to hop in a workout with someone, like if you can hang, like people are just so... That has happened so many times to, to yeah. many of them. Oh, we, we've had like so really many lifelong friends that are people that just like will they come reached to out. town, hang out with, you know, and it's like, that's, whether it's Boston or whether it's just like the running community in general, like right. I like that everyone sort of like very much feels the like rising tide lifts all boats, you know, yeah. like yeah. no one's like, it's not like a zero sum game, it's not like all we're enemies, you know, it's just like, right. And I think that, if anything, like, you sort of react, you know, that, that once in a blue moon, sort of like, I, I think about this always for, like, getting into races, it's like the gatekeeper thing, and, like, people being like, you have to be this good, or you have to be this cool, like, people hate that, because it's just, like, so often, like, it, it doesn't cost you anything to, like, include people, like, yeah. nine times out of ten, and, like, yeah, sure, there are, like, limits to Important that. Important life advice there, guys. Kindness <laughs> is free. Kindness it doesn't free. cost you anything to include people. And it's, and it's a super fucking good, like, just, like, investment move, you know? Like, you know, it's like, I'm not gonna talk out of school about, like, a, a certain race, but, like, there's a race that a bunch of my teammates do, and they had, they were, they were just kind of difficult about letting people in who like had missed the sign-up deadline or whatever right and it's like it's not that they, you're sort of like you know you're not like playing the like oh do you know who i am card it's more just that it's like you know it's like everyone shows up everyone has a good time like oh can me and my 200 friends come to your race you know yeah. it's like, there's a good there's a ripple effect of shit like that and like right it never it also does pay off like the I always, this is like my like Machiavellian thing, but it's like <laughs> doing, doing someone a favor is always gonna like, you know, in the long run, it's like, it doesn't hurt, yeah, it doesn't hurt you. And like, if anything, like, you never know when that favor is gonna like be repaid, yeah. you know? Right. And it's good. And I think just like sort of blowing off of that, one thing I think that is really important to remember about running too, just like as a dude who does it at a pretty high level, although obviously not like the very, very, very highest level, like, I think it's important to remember that, you know, like, uh, one thing I use to keep myself grounded is while on one hand, like, no one will ever take anything from me that I accomplished, like, I'm incredibly proud of it, and you will not allow, and you will never see me be, um, you, you, like, don't get it twisted, like, I am proud of what I did, and you will never take any of that from me. But I also think it's important to remember that, you know, I was also lucky enough to have, like, some level of talent in this, and to have good coaches, and to have the opportunities to succeed, and to have parents who, like, in the brief period of time before I got my part-time job could, like, help support me until I was able to, like, completely support myself. Um, so, like, there's really nothing more noble, though, about, like, what we're doing at the highest level, or even about, like, what Evan Yeager's doing or whatever, than, like, some dude who's just, like, grinding to, like, break 15 minutes or something. Or, like, break 16 minutes. I don't know. Break 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. If he's working really hard at it and, like, actually putting his whole heart into it the way that... No, obviously he's not putting his heart into it. Like, I'm putting my whole heart into this. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no doubt about that. But anyone, anyone else who's doing that... Anyone else who's doing that is... Like, there's something beautiful about that, and that's one of the really important things about inclusion and community, is, like, you know, I will get up there and be proud of what I've done. <laughs> Don't get that twisted. Like, I, my, I, I, just the other day, you know, they put up the All-American things on the track at PC and had all the All-Americans, and I was, like, pointing at my name with all the, you know, brown students. I'm like, hey, guys, check this out. Like, look, there I am. <laughs> but you're proud of it because you worked hard for I'm it. I'm proud of it because I worked hard, hard for it. It's like... and, and, for, and other people might not ever get that. But people who put pour their heart into it, there's still something really exciting about watching them PR and improve in the same way. And you know what? I got lucky enough to be talented enough at this for it to be like moderately socially acceptable for me to be like, I'm gonna work a 25 hour a week job and like try and be really fast. And maybe they can't do that. But it's still really exciting to like watch them perform and like just be a part of the sport. Cause that's really the heart of the running community. And that's what's so exciting. Yeah. And I will say like the flip side of that too is like, I, I need to, I'm maybe not the best, you know, person about this, about reminding myself, but it's also, it's just running. Even if it is your job, you know, even if it is your job, even if it's, you know, I think we can all agree, like, it's one of the most important things in our lives, yeah. but right. at the same time, like, it's just running. It is. And, like, the world running. is not going to stop if you run a, you know, three second soccer PR instead of, you know, four, 
seconds below your PR, you know? Right. Like, no one in the grand scheme of things is, like, you know, valuing you as a person based off of, like, whether or not you ran 100 miles last yes. week. <laughs> and I think that that, like... I have a whole incredibly personal spoken word piece entitled I am not my times about like not finding yourself value from like running you know the times um and then it goes into a bunch of other personal things that I think you know talking about things that we're taught to find ourselves worth in um but but outside of that <laughs> you know the crux of it is that like nothing like how fast you run or whether it's softer PR is that what you said softer PR Softer PR? I thought you said softer PR. I thought it was like an interesting piece of blanket. Off your PR. Whether it's, oh, it's off. Whether it's like three seconds off your PR, like three seconds below, like, like, you can't find yourself worth in that. It's just dumb. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, there's so many more important things than, than whether or not you've run, like, 359 or 459. Or, like, 605. Alright, all of that being said, like, that's a <laughs> 359 <laughs> versus four minutes is a damn important one second. You know? <laughs> um, it goes both ways. I'll take it's all like, <laughs> we're, we're all hypocrites. We're all like just you know ridiculous. Um, all right, you want to run? Oh, actually, before we go to some of our recurring questions, um, do you want to talk about uh, the construct of monogamy? Right. So uh, David and I have had extensive conversations about this, especially because the aforementioned Brian and I were very much <laughs> on the same page about monogamy being this ridiculous social contract. That while it works for some people, like, there's this whole notion of it being, like, the best thing for everyone and totally crucial that is totally and utterly ridiculous. In the sense that I think th th there's, like, there's, like, three avenues that you can, like, go down when, like, talking about this. Um, the first part of it being that where else do we apply this ridiculous possessive nature to our relationships that are healthy in our lives, Right? Like, you're basically being like, hey, person X, like, be my everything. And you know what? That's a ridiculous thing to ask of someone. Like, in some, you know, now David has made fun of me. He's been like, yeah, really, they're just horny. <laughs> and, like, believe me, if this is about me being Bye, horny, David. I do not have enough sex for this to be about me being horny. I'll tell you or that right that now. could be the cause. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> it, but, it, it's, it's, but it's the notion... But it's, it's the fact that you're asking someone to be your everything, when in reality, like, we have a lot of different needs, and that it, would be re it would be reasonable to try and fill them different people, with different people. Just like, I have certain friends that I love running with, right? And, and that's, like, the crux of our relationship. Yeah. And there's, like, Black Nerd Book Club, where, like, it's part of that is just, like, being part of a black community, and part of that is just, like, being into anime and manga. And that fills that need. And there's the friends that I'm hanging out with later who, like, it's about really being into anime and manga and cosplaying and whatever. <laughs> I was going to say, the varying degrees of how... Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, I have communities based in, like, doing yoga. I have communities based in, like, you know, being Jewish. And these are all really important parts of my identity um, of varying levels. And, and those communities all all fill different needs for me. And I think that's healthy for our friendships, right? It's healthy for the friends that you have in different places. And I think it's ridiculous to just be like, hey, there's this one person who's supposed to fulfill, you know, some X percent of your needs that is actually way higher than it needs to be. Then on top of that, well, on top of that, you know, you can look at divorce rates and be like, well, clearly monogamy is just like forever is really just not, you know, working for everyone. Not to mention this unhappy marriages on top of the ones that actually get divorces. Um, but then there's, there's this notion of, um, yeah, oh, so like, I think that a lot of the reason for monogamy comes from this patriarchal notion of ownership. And this is like, once you have sex with someone, you like somehow like own their penis, vagina, or like whatever other, you know, um, I guess it's getting a little PG-13, whatever. <laughs> I see David over there like giggling. <laughs> on, I'm just looking at Danielle over here. She's processing oh, I don't care. this. Yeah. <laughs> But it's like, you know, you, and it's like, I go for runs, like I've gone for runs with David, and I've also gone for runs with Brian Doyle. Yeah. And like, that's great. And you are now dating both of us. That is how that works, right? <laughs> 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 if yes. only. That sounds like a dream. <laughs> but oh. it's the sort of thing where, it's the sort of thing where like, where it seems more reasonable. Like, 
there's this entire mythology created around sex that I think has a lot of really negative consequences in the first place. Um, but, you know, just in terms of like the way people act and find their whole self-worth and whether or not they're having sex with people, like toxic masculinity, blah, 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 like you can go down a whole, like that's a whole different podcast to go down, right? <laughs> like that's a whole long conversation. But, but the notion, but once you stop finding your self-worth in that and like are able to like kind of release from that idea of like owning some other person's whatever, like sex can just be another thing that you do. Right? Like, I enjoy running with David. I enjoy talking about comics with my boy Joaquin. I might enjoy having sex with some other girl. Right? I'm just sensitive like, to the fact that there's like literally children on the other Okay, <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, whatever. <laughs> so it goes. It's just Tracksmith, Tracksmith, you know, run your mouth podcast, it's whatever. Yeah, this is what we're, this is what this podcast is made for. It's just yeah. the long run talk. Yeah, I, I but, get it. I, I also think it, that, it, Why can you not just, like, why does that sound, sound why is someone supposed to, like, detract from the, from the intimacy and whatever that you have with the other relationships. My close friendships don't do that. And suddenly if I have sex with someone else, it detracts from the relationship that I have with the, the, the sexual relationship I have with someone else. Like maybe I have different needs that one person can fill and the other person can't fill and vice versa. And I think it would be a much healthier way to pursue relationships if we were able to treat everything like that rather than like this weirdly possessive thing where you like get the government involved and like blah 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 yeah, yeah. don't like yeah. it yeah i don't i mean i don't really have a counter argument to that i, I will say the one thing i think really because it seems like you've always had some uh, counter argument to it in the past <laughs> no i i i try to be open-minded I, I don't know if i succeed but <laughs> um i think i always say like i'm i'm very traditional like sure. about relationships which is weird for other reasons (laughs) Um, but I don't I also think I think sort of one of the things we touched on though is like like intimacy like I think that that's sort of the like the part of relationships that where monogamy comes in and not that it is necessarily like um you know a weird like ownership of like you took my last name so you're my property now (laughs) like like literally though (laughs) but that like there's part of like being in like again like a healthy fulfilling communicative relationship is like opening yourself up to that person you know on all spectrums not just sexually like and, and becoming intimate with that person in the like purest sense of the word and that that's that is special because it's not shared in a way to think of it like more as like less about like possession and like you know, limitation and more about that, like forming a bond with someone is like a really important and valid thing to like want in your life, you know? Yeah, I, I, I have nothing else to add to this. Like, you just, you just I we, we, we like both looked at her and like, we didn't want to say something. Feel, I could feel the Potato, potato. Yeah. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. Is like, as long as you're not hurting anyone else, do what makes you happy. You know, as long as everyone. I agree with that statement. That goes everywhere, though. Yeah. If everyone's being happy and healthy and and fulfilled and everyone is happy and honest with each other, like that—that's what you want from a relationship. You know, what no matter what form that relationship or relationships take, like that's that's what you need. It's not the like, you know where you draw, like, your personal boundaries is your business, you know? Right. Though I would totally still argue that, like, it not being shared with someone... My sister and I argue about this. She wasn't, like, talking about stuff with me, but, like... (laughs) But, like... (laughs) Like, I still totally argue that, like, it not being shared with someone does not actually make it more special. And that's, like, kind of unhealthy. Like, the notion that, like, not sharing something with other people... Wait, what was that about inclusivity? <laughs> 15 minutes ago on this podcast? <laughs> yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's the notion that, like, something not being shared with someone makes it any less special. Like, no, like, it doesn't make it less special. Like, it, it, it can still be super, super, super awesome and, like, super special with two people. And it's going to be different. Like, it's not going to be the same exact thing you share with both of them. And also, I have not actually, like, put this in practice. And I've come off the bench for someone before who's, 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 who's polyamorous. But I have not, like, you know, explored truly, like, polyamorism in my own, yeah. right? In my own right. And, like, you know, who's to say that, like, if I find a girl I really like and she, like, demands that I'm monogamous with her, that I will not just totally crack, right? I don't think I'm at that level with it either, right? Um, but I think there's nothing that... There's nothing less special about sharing something with someone. 
and there's nothing that's going to make it better just because you're with someone. You know, I talk to my sister about it. She's like, yeah, I like the idea of growing old with someone, you know, like grandma and grandpa did that. You know, they were married for 70 years till she died. Like, uh, you know, you and I have like grown up together. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, but Madison, we would hate dating each other. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> like, All right, the tagline of this is going to be dating your sister. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pause. Hold up. Not what I not what I was intending, but I think we all understand what I meant. No, I think it's funny you say that. Like putting it in practice is like I was thinking about. Like it's it's so it's hard enough for me to feel like vulnerable with one person and like having been vulnerable and like been like hurt as a result of that in the past. It's like crazy to me to think of. Not crazy, but like it. And, you know, thinking about then opening up that vulnerability to, like, multiple avenues <laughs> is, like, so so beyond the pale. And, again, it's, like, in my own personal experience, you yeah. know. And that's fair. And, 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 I, and I understand how that would be hard. Um, I, you know, I, and I'm also, like, a very, like, open, like, you know, if this podcast I've told you enough, i lay it out there. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I think that I, 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 really, I really believe that, like, if people... Well, one, I think the world would be a better place if we could all actually be vulnerable like we are when we're having pillow talk with, like, people in our daily lives and, like, be intimate with people that way. I mean, obviously, there's, like, a, something, like, slightly different about, like, the way to be intimate with someone you're loving yeah. with. But, like, if we really could, like, truly all just, like, be our true selves and, like, our most, um, for lack of a better word, naked selves, you know, with everyone, you know, I think that would be a, a really beautiful thing. Like, one thing I try and work on is, like, being more, um, like showing physical affection to people more than I previously ever used to, right? Like, uh, whether it's, like, hugging dudes, you know? I'm a big hugger. Like, I'm on board with that. I guess like, that. all these different things. Um, it, I, I always think it's really... I make a conscious effort to tell people, oh, this is, like, so fucking Hallmark Cardi, Hallmark Cardi, but, like, <laughs> like telling people you love them. Like, yeah. I tell my friends that I love them all the time. Because, yeah. like, that, like... You know, we, again, it's kind of what you're saying. It's like we put so much stock in that word, but like also it's like, even again, like to have a, you know, totally platonic but truly like intimate, special friendship with someone is totally. like one of the purest forms of love there is. And like it, and also like if they died tomorrow, like you'd want to know, you want them to know. I can attest yeah. to that. Yeah. Deny. <laughs> Being great friends because of the love we have for each other. Oh, that was such a cute moment. That was so it really you missed, like, well clasped, the audio. They like clasped hands and everything. It was <laughs> yeah, really for those who are, you know, just listening, we, know, we did like hands. And Very nice. All right, well, we've been going for, for quite a while now, but let's finish it off with our, our big three questions. Yeah. Um, we ask the same three questions of our guests every week. Uh, all right, all right. We'll start with uh, Danielle. We'll come to Jordan. I'll, I'll finish off. Danielle, what, who's your Instagram crush right now? And it doesn't have to be a person. It can be like a thing or a cons, a hashtag, and you know anything like that. To be very honest, um, it's not a person. It would probably be the new dog account I just followed because I really <laughs> want. I really want a cavapoo. And what is it? A cavapoo. What is a cavapoo? So it's a <laughs> mixture of a Cavalier King Charles and a poodle. And if you guys are listening, look it up, and you'll understand. <laughs> So. Okay. I like that. I recommend you follow Golden Life of Desmond, uh, Shane Quinn and Emily Sisson's uh, dog Every account. Every tweet for that. Okay. <laughs> That's it with two dogs. Desmond is crushes. I'm going to go in a total different direction mm-hmm. and say uh, one thing I shared with, I got Danielle into recently is uh, this app called Hooji, which is not necessarily an Instagram specific thing, but it's, it's so fucking basic. But like what it is, is it's an app that takes photos that look exactly like like disposable camera oh, photos. Right. And it sounds like the stupidest thing ever, but it's really satisfying. Like the photos just look great every time. David so, used it on my 26th birthday a few weeks ago. No and <laughs> it's one of my highest likes Instagram pictures ever. <laughs> like let's just say that. It's, a, it's, <laughs> so, it's just so cool. much fun. You just take photos of like random ass shit like and you're just like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like, cool. that's pretty cool. Throw a little yeah. date in the corner too. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, and our next one is your go-to karaoke song. Somebody hands you the mic, you gotta go. What are you singing? It would definitely be either, I, I would say a Backstreet Boys song. Um, Which Backstreet Boys song? The call is that Backstreet Boys? I have no idea. Or um, I, I want it that way. Obviously, that's a generic one. Sneak peek. Um, 
find me at the bar later and we'll go from there. <laughs> um, but definitely, definitely some version of, of an insane or Backstreet Boys song because I can rock those. Nice. Jordan, we have sung karaoke together. We in did, Japan, yep. that was <laughs> epic, to say the least. It was super fun. Lovely night. That oh, was yeah. a great night. <laughs> uh, Man, you know, ironically, for a Jew, the song I did was uh, Jesus Walks by Kanye West, and that was awesome. That is a great song. Um, I also, there's, there's a video out there somewhere of me rocking uh, Clint Eastwood by the Gorillas at the anime convention with a bunch of people playing, like, <laughs> melodicas, which are these little blow-into pianos, <laughs> and a dude playing a kazoo. I and so like, like and so I'm literally like rapping the song while they're just like playing that, you know, the, the background of the hook the entire time. It was nice. super fun. We'll see if it goes on YouTube one day. <laughs> um, and then I'm going to go for uh, uh, American Girl by Bonnie McKee. Oh. That's a good one. Um, I was expecting a Kesha song. I, I don't know if I've used Kesha on this. Maybe I'll use that for, for one of my later episodes this weekend. But <laughs> um, the line, I fell in love in a 7-Eleven parking lot, is like Ooh. one of the, like, like all everything about that song is just like, it just like evokes like really strong images of just like high school, but like normally like there's some very traumatizing high school memories out there. Yeah. Like the fun parts of just like, yeah. being, like a kid and like having no responsibilities. Dog, if you had a Slurpee too, like everything's better. We definitely have gotten Slurpees from Seven Eleven, yeah. and that's a classic. Yeah. Because yeah. he lives right down the road from a Seven Eleven. And yeah. finally, the first place I ever won, I had a blue Slurpee the night before. That's a good one. Wow. Okay. It's a good post long run feeling. Not to you yes. know, not that you know SOS. And Morton and all of our other uh, <laughs> brand association <laughs> friends are aren't effective, but like Seven Eleven Slurpees are good recovery. <laughs> uh, DK, your death row meal. You're going to the chair. Today's the last day. What are you eating? David, you know what I'm going to say. It's going to be donuts. The classic. <laughs> or some bagels. We can eat both. Where are the donuts coming from? The donuts are coming from Union Square Donuts. Nice. Down. What's your What's your go-to? Well, you know, they have one of the best Boston cream. Their, their Boston cream donut is a real Boston cream donut, but I also would have to say their butternut crunch. Amazing. I like it. I, that's tough, man. You know, I'm a big steak guy. I really like steak. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's you give me a little call. prime rib or something, a little filet mignon, you know what I mean? You know, I'll be, I'll be eating that up. <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe even just like some pizza sometimes, you know, that's not bad. Yeah. You know, like real New York slice though, not like some, you know, not some, not, not even like Domino's on death row or anything. But yeah, I really want to know what I did to get on death row, you know what I'm saying? I feel like I was definitely, you know, falsely imprisoned. You know, oh, some of these oh, corrupt okay. police forces coming to get me. I think there might be some activists showing up at the door. The yeah, exactly. There's some activists showing up at the door to make sure I don't, I don't get I don't get that I don't get that chair tomorrow. That's all I'm saying. Black Jewish Lives Matter. <laughs> exactly. Um, I am going uh, you actually made me think of it because I was picturing a you said pizza and steak and I was somehow picturing like literally like a steak between two steaks. <laughs> However, if you've ever had a burger in between two grilled cheeses, that wow. shit is delicious. And uh, so that's what I'm going with. What about an actual steak between two slices of pizza? I mean, that also sounds, <laughs> sounds kind of good. Yeah, just leave out the carbs. And <laughs> you're, going, you're going to the chair. It doesn't matter. You know? Pizza doesn't count as carbs. So. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for, for coming on. Thank you for uh, weathering the... Chaos of Marathon Weekend with us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Dude. Thanks, Danielle. Thanks, Jordan. Glad. Thank you to Tracksmith for, for letting us record in their uh, little hideaway upstairs area. Um, until next time, I've been David Melly, and this is Run Your Mouth. Run your mouth.